So I've been working a lot reading through First Peter, which uh, I've found to be almost completely unintelligible some of the time. Uh, but I think it's mainly because I've been in a fog of just worrying about just different issues and going through dramas and struggles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's hard for the word of God to break through all my, just all my clutter of my brain and worries. And, but when it does, this, these words have just been shaking me and inspiring me. And I'm, I'm hoping that it'll happen again now. Um, Peter is writing, and he's writing as an apostle of Jesus Christ. I love how he calls himself that, and uh, that's his identity. And he's writing to uh, people that are the chosen ones. Um, I was just looking at the Greek of this text and um, remembered my Greek teacher in France was like, Peter was a terrible writer of Greek, and it's almost impossible to even interpret what he's saying if you're a Greek scholar. And then I read this sort of because I'm trying to get some new insights. And I was just blown away how it's, uh, it's, it starts out right away. It says, to those who are chosen, to the chosen ones who are aliens, okay, or who are, uh, you know, aliens, strangers, uh, pilgrims, and um, who are scattered throughout all these different places. And you guys are, you guys are like that. You're, you're the scattered ones. We're scattered. Saul's been scattered all over the place. Like he's scattered in his airplane from country to country. He's, he's in, he was in Saudi Arabia last week. Now he's in Texas. Soon he'll be in the UK. Uh, you know, all of us are scattered. Don is up in Fairbanks. You know, Harold is in Vancouver. Um, iPhone is in uh, Mar Marysville. That's uh, Midge. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I love this because Jesus, Paul is, Peter is calling us chosen, and that's who we remember. We need to remember that we are chosen by the foreknowledge of the Father, um, God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit. That means the, the Spirit's work of choosing us and uh, setting us apart as um, to obey Jesus. We're set apart to obey Jesus, okay? We're set apart from just following uh, what's right in our own eyes, from just following our own compulsions, from stepping into the loop of our just ways of doing things which are maybe effective, but sometimes just obsessional and reflect enslavements. But no, we're set apart to obey Jesus and be sprinkled with his blood, which is what cleanses us and frees us from all of the things that just uh, hold us back. So Peter goes on, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again. To And this is the essential thing. We need to be born again. And um, we know that when we see that our current life situation uh, that resulted from us being born in the first place is messed up. Okay, And when we think, I don't like how I am. I don't like where I am. I don't like this world. Okay, I'm ready. Reboot me, Father. Being born again is like being um, kind of established in our truest identity, where in a way um, 
just all the old uh, ways of operating from just that we've fallen into from our culture and from our family of origin and all that. Um, you know, when we're born again, all of that is, is made um, null and void in a sense. Um, except all the good stuff that we inherit because God doesn't want us to just make that null and void. But anyway, we're born uh, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you know, um, and to an inheritance that's imperishable. Okay, so the inheritance that we're born again to, into this new family so that we're recipients of this inheritance, this cannot be, uh, it cannot be taken from us, right? It can't be, um, we can't lose it in the stock market. You know, we can't, um, it, it's, it's permanent. And, um, and we're protected by the power of God uh, through faith. You know, this identity that we have as, as newborns, you know, who have uh, this inheritance reserved in heaven, it's protected by the power of God through our faith. Um, so Peter's wanting to us to rejoice greatly about this, okay? So we need to really get our minds around what this is so that we can rejoice greatly about it. And um, even though now, he writes, for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Wow, is that ever an understatement? Okay, yes, for a long while, I've been massively distressed by many various trials. And uh, all of this is to to make our faith, refine it, test it testing it by fire, um, so that um, we'll come out shining. And that's that's a really positive way of looking at things, which is hard to come to on our own. That's why we need to read First Peter. So anyway, I'm getting to where my actual sermon is starting, which is um, verse 13. So all of this is just, it's just, it's profound, really, what, what Peter's arguing. So he's saying, since we actually are born again into this living hope with this permanent eternal inheritance, and we have this power of God that holds us up through all the trials. Um, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Okay, like it's time for action. Now, from that new place of our identity, which is our truest identity, which trumps all other identities, according to the flesh, uh, now we're supposed to prepare our minds for action. And why would we have to do that, prepare our minds for action? You know, this is literally in Greek, it's, it's the equivalent of pull up the pull up your your um, trousers over your mind or dr dress your minds you know like put on the put up put the makeup and put on your nails and put on your eye makeup and get ready to go out right uh, but do that to your mind you know uh, run the 10k and uh, and do your crossfit but to your mind prepare your mind for action how do we do that? You know, um, we were talking with a bunch of Russians um, in the recovery Bible study, which I did on this topic last Tuesday night. And uh, there was this guy who was my interpreter who's super buff because he's been working out like Mike and Saul every day and just pumping weights. And, and you know, um, I said, so Andre, like, uh, do you like, you know, working out and feeling really buff and and what about the guy behind you? Does he do that? And he was this incredible Hulk of this, this Russian guy that was just like, 
this monster built guy with tattoos all over his shoulders and looked like you wouldn't want to meet him in an alley in Russia unless he was your bodyguard. And uh, I said, hey, what about you? Do you work out? He's going, yeah, da, da, you know, and I was like, well, so do you prefer being buff and strong like you are or to maybe the past when you were kind of fat and weak? And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's great. It's like, okay, well, how would you do that with your mind? You know, if you were part of the Jesus movement, which you are, like, how do you prepare your mind for, for action as part, as chosen ones, active participants in the Jesus movement? How do you do that? Well, we could read the scriptures and study them and go through them like we're trying to do right now. Um, we could, uh, you know, go into some solitude and actually do some journaling and reflecting. And um, Heidi's really good at this. Like I've been, I'm just amazed at how she studies different topics. Um, you know, she really goes for it and she comes up with these incredible talks on all these topics of just common things like, like, you know, mental health disorders that we struggle with. And, and she, and she really comes up with best practices for dealing with these things. And, and it, it takes effort, right? Prepare your minds for action. Be sober. Why would you be sober? Well, so that you can, so that you can make your way through life without crossing the center line and getting in a head on collision, you know, or hitting a pedestrian, you know, or, you know, or doing something, you know, backing into a telephone pole, you know, you, you're sober because so you can be completely uh, on point, right? Jesus wants his activists, ministry workers who are part of his movement, who've been chosen, who are aliens, but they're chosen. He wants us to be completely have our wits about us so that we're like awake and we're watching. So be sober. And then um, and it says, fix your hope completely on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I love that. That's the third and sort of third of these, this trilogy of imperatives of, of, of rules, you know, fix your hope completely on the grace. Why would we need to do that? Well, because if you're like me, you, you mess up and you don't, you're not on point and you, you aren't as sober as you need to be. And you know, um, you're crossing the center line too much or you're not turning your turn indicator on and you're and or you're whatever it is right in the in the in the natural and in the spiritual and so so we need to we need the grace we need to to confess just our weakness and our our laziness and our and just our sin and and our uh the seductions and um we need to receive the forgiveness that's freely given to us by jesus over and over and over and over and over, over and over and over and over and over. And we need to fix our, our hope completely on that because if, we, if we're putting it on the rules, on the CrossFit, you know, regime that you think you have to do, you know, all the time and you get into that cycle of just working out and doing everything, you know, you're going to just, it's, that's not what the Christian life is about. Christian life is about living by grace, Okay and still preparing your minds for action and keeping sober and um, and being obedient children. 
That's how it's, the next verse starts. As obedient children. Okay. Do you see yourself as an obedient child? Harold? Harold's on the telephone. <laughs> Patty, do you see yourself as an obedient child? Saul? Or is that b below you to think of yourself as an obedient child? Heidi, is that below you, Gracie? You know, no, you know, God uh, wants us to be under the father of Jesus as uh, obedient children like Jesus was. He's the ultimate obedient child. And um, as obedient children to, to the father, don't be conformed to the former lusts. Okay. Um, can we identify any former lusts? And the word lust there is translated lust because it's actually a word that means just desire, but it's it usually is desire for that which is prohibited. Okay, so can you think of some former desires that you where you were desiring something that was prohibited? Probably we can all think of things. So obedient being an obedient child is is about resisting being obedient to the former lusts, right? Because you, you're always going to be obedient to somebody. You know, you got to serve somebody, like Bob Dylan says in his song, right? Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve, you know, money, um, you know, your sex, you know, your drug of choice, um, your, uh, uh, you know, the mountains, you know, athletics, you know, what are you going to serve? Your career, you know, um, the reason that we're obedient children is it's so that we keep ourselves on point, you know, under the, um, the authority and the leadership of the master of the universe who's recruited us and chosen us to be part of the Jesus movement. And, um, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior, he says. And holy, does that sound like fun to be holy? To me, it sounds so completely boring. And I, I have to resist how bored I feel when I hear the word holy. Because to me, it just sounds pious and just religious. Like I just think of singing a boring hymn in the church that I grew up in and falling asleep or just wanting to fall asleep. And, um, and just wanting to go home and take a shower after church because I felt so bad just being in a religious place. So holy is not exciting to me, the word, but what it really means is being set apart the way Jesus was set apart to, to be about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And when I look at Jesus's life, it's not, it doesn't look boring to me. It looks very high adventure, excitement, exciting, healing people, casting out evil spirits, confronting the powerful religious elite who oppress the excluded and the sinners and the poor. And I like Jesus. And so it says, be holy as I am holy, God says. And um, and he goes on. If you address his father, okay, as a child, right? The one who impartially judges according to each person's work. Conduct yourself in fear then during the time of your stay on earth. Okay, we, we conduct ourselves in a respectful way to the father because we're accountable for the life that we've been given. And um, 
that we that we've been born again into um, the Jesus movement. We've been born again. You've been chosen as an alien to be born again into the Jesus movement. And so now you're responsible for, for your part in that movement, and you have a part to play. Okay, Jesus has orders for us, and, uh, and they're orders that are about uh, advancing the kingdom of God, and we're going to be accountable for those orders. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your feudal way of life, the reality is, is that Jesus has redeemed us from a feudal way of life that we inherited. Um, and there's no way of life that, is, that we've inherited that is not futile. Okay? This life is futile. Everyone's going to die and, and be buried or cremated. That's futile. You know, the best that we have as human beings is going to end in um, ashes or dust or dirt. You know, dust you've been taken, dust you shall return. But so Paul's talking about how we've been redeemed from from the feudal ways that we've inherited, which, which also are just things like just that tendency to, to be enslaved to, to money and the love of money or, or to have an anger issue or, or to be, or like in my case of my family, I was born into a family where rejection was a huge uh, part of my inheritance, like a spirit of rejection, which, which was from my mother's side of the family and, and came into me and has come into my kids as well. That's a futile way that I, I definitely want to be redeemed from. And um, also just the, the, the belief that, you know, that um, everything's going to work out and kind of a power of positive thinking kind of mindset, which for my father led to him being completely bankrupt and losing our family home at age 65. The power of positive thinking, that's a futile way that I inherited from my ancestors. And it's not the same as faith. So... Jesus wants us to accept our redeemed, saved status, um, which has been achieved by Jesus' blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And he wants us to step into um, this new life, um, which is marked by victory over death. And... That's what we're called to, you guys. We're called to be part of a movement of liberation. We've been chosen to be part of it. And, uh, and the liberator um, wants us to avoid falling backwards, going backwards into uh, being enslaved by lust, and wants us to move out of the feudal ways of our ancestors, which we've been redeemed from by Jesus' blood, into a life of being set apart for uh, full-on engagement in the ministry of Jesus in our settings where we're going to see breakthroughs. And uh, Heidi was telling me a really cool story about someone she prayed for um, who uh, had all these different issues that it was like there was almost a rewiring that happened right when they were praying. Can you share that, Heidi? You've had it happen several times. Yeah, I can share vaguely. Um, basically, through various trauma, um, have parts of themselves split into kind of distinct aspects of themselves. And um, um, just as you prayed, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. 
you know just fully fully integrated like just in a moment just completely integrated to be a kind of whole non-fragmented human being that spoke as a single person and was in their sound mind so that was fairly cool and how did you know how to help that person um completely holy spirit to be honest i mean i mean some kind of like following training but following like what you've learned in a holy spirit inspired way so were you being obedient to jesus when you were when you were in that setting with that person oh yeah way outside of my comfort zone because like comfort zone would say oh don't go there or stay away from that or that could go really wrong or any of the other kind of negative self-talk we have to lean into something else so was that uh that was an experience of 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 holy activism was it boring or was it fun oh it's off the hook fun i mean like off the hook fun. <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so that's what we're called into you guys so let's pray so jesus thank you that you have set us apart and you've chosen us to be part of your movement and that you freed us from the entrapments of our ancestry and the entrapments of our own lusts and that your call you call us to be obedient and which means you speak to us thank you father that you have an inheritance for us and that we're born into a whole new family and we belong to you and just help us to be able to be courageous and to hear your voice and to launch out as part of your movement jesus we pray in your name amen <laughs>